is about to get personal. 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 Just got personal. Gary and I just got personal. It's personal. My name is Derek Bourne. My name is Cornelius Meyer. My name is Val Brown. This is Nick Hi, I'm Donald Miller. All right, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. And today I have another special guest on our show. I went on this journey of kind of who do I reach out to? This lady, and I'll let her introduce herself very shortly, was one of those people that was consistently able to help me just online, um, answering questions, responding to um, anything that I I needed. Um, do you mind introducing yourself today? Uh, I do not mind. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for introducing me as a special guest. <laughs> you are. Uh, um, my name is Marion Dingle. I am an elementary educator. Um, I am probably what's considered a dinosaur because I am 20 years in and counting. My children are um, both adults now, college students. So now that my nest is empty, my husband and I, um, my role, I think, as an educator is kind of shifting. I'm becoming much more of an activist and um, a speaker about social justice as it affects my students, um, trying to change their trajectory, trying to change their outlook from just being a passive recipient of education to becoming actually shapers of what's going to happen in their lives. Mic drop. This is exactly one of the reasons why I enjoy following you so much. Um, I think you do a great balance of talking about like the personal and just kind of what's going on in your life daily. And on top of that, um, educators like myself who are consistently trying to do the exact same thing um, uh, can easily go to, um, I find your Twitter and your blog very informational. So um, again, thank you very, very much for all of that. Well, thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Awesome. Can you share a little bit about who you are? What did your um, childhood look like? What did your education look like when you were younger? Let's see. I am an only child. My mother was an only child. My mother was an educator. She's not alive anymore. Um, both of my parents migrated from the South to California. Um, so I grew up in the 70s in uh, a neighborhood that my parents integrated. I had um, lots of advantages because my mother was in the system. So she knew how to navigate and whatnot. And it really wasn't until I was much older that I realized the sacrifices that they had made and the, the activism that they um, showed, although at the time they didn't really think of it that way, to get me to where I was. So I think um, definitely being an educator's kid helps me quite a bit. But both of my parents, especially my dad, my dad is where I got my love of mathematics from. Mm -hmm. Um, and interestingly, he was not, uh, a college graduate until, oh gosh, maybe a decade or, or so ago. And he hid it from me. He, wow. um, um, he always wanted a college degree and he, I think that was part of why he pushed me, but he was definitely a self-made man, um, started his own engineering firm, um, sold it, very successful in his own right, but he always wanted 
that degree. So when he decided he was ready, he got a bachelor's and a master's, and one day invited me over and showed me the plaques on the wall. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So my, my parents are very, very um, – even though my mom is still not here, both my parents are very, very a part of what I live and breathe about education every day. The next question was that it was basically, do you feel like their kind of their journey and their experiences um, influence what you're doing today? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Um, so what was it like growing up as a, a single a single kid? Well, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So, you know, it was quite normal to me. I remember I would have sleepovers um, with other kids. I would go over there or they would come to my house. Not often, but, you know, on occasion. And I remember vividly feeling very relieved when I was back at home alone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I really liked my solitude. Um, so I guess being a single child, you know, for me kind of worked out cause that's, you know, kind of fit my personality. Mm -hmm. Um, and even now, you know, I love my kids. I love being around my kids. Um, I miss them when they're gone at college, mm -hmm. but I really like being alone. It, it's, it's kind of a, I don't know. It teaches you a lot about introspection and taking care of yourself and being in tune with just what you're thinking and where your character is at any given moment and just being in touch with your physical body. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, it's, it's always been good for me. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I'm one of those people. And it just, it puts you in this headspace and it allows you to reflect. I, I need that alone time to recharge also. Yes. Um, yes. So I, to I totally agree with you. Um, you say you have two older kids that are in college right now. Right. Yeah. Um, what year are they in, in college? Uh, one is about to graduate from grad school and the other is a sophomore undergrad. Oh, wow. Can you share a little bit about them? Oh, gosh. They <laughs> would love this. Um, What's their name? Sorry. Okay. My oldest, Yana, is a girl. Mm -hmm. uh, she's the one who will be finishing a master's soon in architecture. She was the child that was... The, the one that hit every marker in mm. um, the, the, the book. Well, you know, I don't know. If, are you a parent yet? No. Okay. Well, there's this book, you know, the book, the Bible, um, what you should, what, you know, what every parent should know, something like that. Mm -hmm. And she hit every milestone at the exact correct time. Wow. Wow. He's the kid that was, you know, the teacher's favorite, the one that did everything by the book. You can set your watch by her. Very reliable. She's the planner. Um, she's the child that, you know, as a freshman, was planning out her course schedule her junior year and was very frustrated with her options. I mean, this this is that kid. Wow. So very, very proud of her. Very directed, very independent. Um, I couldn't be more proud. My son um, is not that. Although I'm still, you know, equally proud, of course. Mm -hmm. He is um, very much a people person, mm -hmm. where my daughter is is more like me, more reserved, more, um, I wouldn't say shy, although I think we both were shy in our childhood. Uh, but my, my son is, you know, that um, person who can fit in with everyone. He's never met a stranger. Wow. And he would three we'd be in the grocery store just the two of us and i remember very vividly going through the checkout line 
and all these adults would call him by name and <laughs> tell him goodbye. And I was dumbfounded how he knew all of these people. But that's that's how it's been our, our his whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, everywhere I go, someone knows him. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm Sam's mom. That's so funny. Um, so where does he get that from? Because you seem like a bit of an introvert. Oh, definitely my husband. Yeah, my husband. yeah. Oh, yeah. My I, husband is um, a chameleon, just like myself. <laughs> oh yeah. Everybody loves him. You know, he's the one that people go to for advice. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's my son. Because he's he's done it all. I mean, he's he's the one that would know. Mm-hmm. Um, very unconventional. Very. I'm gonna do it my way. Um, but I'll get there eventually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. That's so good. It seems like your daughter's maybe a little bit more like you. In and, a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. And But I'm, at the same time, I say that with, like, they both obviously have qualities from both of you. It's just, I think it's so cool to have these two different versions of people. Like, um, oh gosh, you yes. get the best of both worlds, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And my husband and I actually are Gemini's. Oh, no way. I don't know if that has anything to do with anything, but you know, you know what they say. About of, course, of course, of course. <laughs> no, they're not like that, of course. We don't have double eyes or anything like that. I don't know. That has something to do with things. So they're not very far apart in age. What was that like using them? Oh, it was wonderful. The parent perspective, um, mm-hmm. I think for, for them, I think they're both very close, and I like that. My husband and I, I'm an only child, and my husband has three siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really important for both of us to raise them knowing that they are responsible for each other mm-hmm. and that, um, you know, there will come a day where their allegiance to each other will outshine their allegiance to us. And then we completely expect that. So I think they got those lessons early. Um, they are three years and one week apart, both born in February. So for the first, oh gosh, I don't know. What's maybe. their date? Can you share their date? I'm a February baby too. Are you? I am. The thir- 13th and 20th. Oh, okay. I'm the 25th. So, you know, February, it's, you know, it's a cold month. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, you know, it's not like you're going to do the, you know, the um, outdoor, go to the amusement park, birthday party. But it is a great month. For having joint birthday parties at the local skate park mm-hmm. or you know whatever so we had their parties at the same place both of them for like the first i don't know maybe six years of their lives that's awesome it was great it was great, it was great. <laughs> they got along with each other's friends and they played in the balls and the, they skated for a while they ate pizza it was great I was going to say, what was their dynamics like? I remember, I have an older sister, and um, I remember there were, like, patches in our relationship where, like, we just, I wouldn't say we hated each other, but we definitely had our, like, disagreements, Um, and it felt like there were just times where we would just, you know what, we're going to annoy each other. We're going to pick at each other a little bit. Would you say that would be the same thing for the two of yours, or did they find a way to just genuinely be um, kind and nice to each other while they were growing up. Well, I think, you know, I think every, you know, pair of siblings, you know, if they're honest, they would admit that there's both. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, me, you know, not having a, a, you know, to grow up with a sibling, that experience, I assumed that they loved each other and never bickered at all sure. until I saw it the first time. Uh-huh. And then, you know, I started opening. Because I remember um, when my son was born. Personal, 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 personal. 
my daughter completely thought of Sam as her child. Oh. <laughs> One gave birth. So I was a surrogate, but that was her baby. That's um, awesome. So I, I mean, really, I mean, I, I didn't expect that at all. So I remember one day I was getting ready for work. I was, you know, going to the classroom and um, my husband had already gone and I was carrying Sam. He was still an infant and I was going down the steps and my foot slipped or something and I fell. So here I am at the bottom of the steps carrying Sam. Yana's at the bottom in the kitchen watching both of us. She sees us, you know, so I situate, you know, my arms so that I take the brunt of the fall. So he doesn't feel anything. He's just in my arms. And he's screaming at the top of his lungs, of course, because he's scared. Um, and my daughter is just looking at me with this horrible look. Like, how could you have hurt my baby? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, I'm hurt too. You know, my, my ankle was sprained. I go to work anyway. I had an observation that day. But I'm hopping along the whole day, still carrying the baby, still carrying the bag, you know, this teacher bag and the baby bag, getting everybody in the car. And my daughter, what she is, you know, realizing Sam is okay, won't speak to me. Wow. She's furious. Wow. Because I fell carrying her baby. Yeah. So there's that, right? <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling you this story. What exactly does your husband do? And um, um, Good question. He, I, I don't know his exact title. He works for a multinational engineering consulting firm. Mm -hmm. So he, he started off as an engineer, but he's worked himself up and he's like in sales so he will he's in charge of um, like getting more work so he'll you know go in a team will work on a proposal for a certain job maybe it's something in water or something in transportation or architecture or whatever and he's the guy that comes in and he you know they practice their proposal with him mm -hmm. he looks over this stuff he gives the you know, the yay or the nay and the suggestions and whatnot. And then they go and pitch the stuff. And sometimes he'll, he'll go and take it in himself mm -hmm. or sometimes not, but he's usually the one that's like going to go in front, maintain relationships with people, um, wine and dine where he needs to. Mm -hmm. Um, but lately he's, you know, especially now that the kids are, are gone out of the house. Now he's free to start accepting things that are out of the country. Mm -hmm. So he's he's had um, some trips to Australia. Some oh wow! Trips to Canada. Yeah, not Singapore, not yet. Not yet. Let me know if he comes. Yeah. <laughs> I will. Well, I'll be with him. That would be awesome. Oh my god, yeah. that would be amazing. That'd be amazing. So does he travel? Like, how often does he travel? It really depends on what's going on. There was a time where, like, when he went to Australia, he was gone for two and a half weeks. Wow. Um, but usually it's you know pretty local. Um, in the south mm -hmm. sometimes um, in the northeast but usually in the south maybe once or twice for wow. how do you keep the this the the spark the um relationship going you obviously said being alone is like amazing for you <laughs> yeah i mean it kind of is <laughs> But, but at the same yeah. time with that, like, I know 
it, it sounds like with with all of that what's happening there's still this like sense of like love and appreciation like how do you keep that going when oh, um all those uh-huh. things are happening It's not, it's not perfect. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's something that we definitely have to work on because like you said, you know, my tendency is to kind of be on my own. So, you know, I really have to kind of check myself sometimes. Am Mm -hmm. I being a little too, you know, am I I reveling in this too much? Um, But I think one thing that we both have talked about this year is to actually have designated date nights, Mm -hmm. you know, every week so that we can, you know, have put that on the schedule because, I mean, we're great at mastering schedules because we've been doing that for mm-hmm. 27 years. Um, my son plays football in college, so we and we go to every game. So we're always, you know, talking about, you know, who's, you know, are we flying? Are we driving? You know, how are we doing all of that? So there's always constant communication because mm-hmm. there, there's just always is about something. And usually it's kid related. But sure. now there's it's shifting. It's not so much about the kids anymore because they kind of are uh, doing their own thing. I was going to say they're know. adults. Right, right. So it's much more talking about when we when we talk the the planning talk. It's it's like you know retirement and you know what are we going to do to fix up the house and whatnot. So the New Year's resolution to actually have date nights so that we can actually go somewhere, share a meal, and talk about stuff without planning our lives. Because we've literally have been doing that for 30 years almost. Well, it's funny that you say date nights because um, me and my wife, we try to do that as much as possible as well. And it's so valuable. Like we are, I would, we're definitely newly married. Like we've only been married for about a year now. Um, but you can, yeah, (laughs) yeah. So we, um, being busy, like we're, we feel like our, um, our school life can easily take over, um, our lives just because we were like, that's, we're there. Like the majority of our lives we're in school. We're thinking about education. We're thinking about our kids and we designate that time because, that's what we need. And we literally turn off. We don't really, we're, the tricky part is we're both educators. Like we literally teach in the same school. So that part, like our first, what we want to talk about is education. Like we want to talk about a lesson plan. We want to talk about how do we reach our kid through reading or writing or whatever. Um, but we often try to get away from those conversations just because it's healthy. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so I, I love the idea of, of date night. What would that day or that night look like for you guys? Well, we haven't had one yet because we've been he's been out of town, so it hasn't it hasn't happened yet in twenty nineteen. But I envision I mean we both love movies. Um, I envision probably, you know, just an old fashioned dinner and a movie. Mm-hmm. We are from California, so we love Mexicans. So we're always, always, always on the hunt. For a new Mexican place. Mm-hmm. So because he works downtown, he and he, you know, part of his job is kind of schmoozing clients. So he <laughs> knows about every restaurant, every new place there is. Mm-hmm. So um, I would imagine probably dinner at the hottest Mexican spot mm-hmm. and a movie and then talking about life and how we're both getting more um, in a 
in some ways politically conservative than mm. we thought we would be when we first got married. Mm. In some ways, not every way, but in a, in a lot of ways, in the ways that are surprising to us. Sure. And what can I ask? Why? Why do you feel that? Shift is happening because we're paying taxes. <laughs> personal, personal, personal. Because we're taking paying taxes and we're making a little money. That's I mean honestly, yeah. Like hey, tax break? Yeah, sign me up. You're, t- <laughs> You're like duh. That's <laughs> something to protect, right? Oh, that is so funny. That's a good question. That's a good question. I really have to think about that. Oh, let's can we talk a little bit about like your uh, educational journey? Um, I sure. I really enjoyed talking to you about uh, relationship stuff. Sometimes um, those conversations don't happen. But um, I, again, I thank you for just opening up about that. Um, what did your education look like when you maybe briefly through elementary, through middle school, through high school, and then university? Okay, I'm gonna try to make this short. There's, I mean, there's- <laughs> There's a lot. It's a roller coaster. Okay, so being an educator's kid, my mother was always on the hunt for the best situation. So I changed schools a lot. We didn't move a lot, but I changed schools a lot, like almost every year to find the best. Um, So um, let's see. When I was in the fifth grade, I moved literally across the street to a better neighborhood, integrating yet another neighborhood. It, it wasn't a smooth move, per se. So there were some things that happened. There were probably uh, maybe three, three incidents that happened that were racially related um, at this new house. And because I was a latchkey kid, and waited until my mother came home, um, I changed schools yet again. And that was much more pivotal to me, that change in school, than the others. Before then, I'd always gone to predominantly white schools. When I made this change, I went to a school that was in my grandmother's neighborhood mm-hmm. so that I could walk home to her until my mom could get me, which was in the same district where my mom taught, um, all-black Catholic school. And um, it, it um, brought about a lot of cultural um, cultural tension, we'll say, mm-hmm. where before it was, you know, I was the only black kid or I was the only black kid in the high group. And, oh, aren't you great? You're the exception to now I'm among all black kids and I'm still the black kid who's smart but I'm still the only black kid who's smart Mm. but now I have to kind of navigate how that plays out especially black women so Mm. I think I started having a tension or wondering about how do I navigate black women in fifth grade it was hard oh it was hard yeah I remember my schooling as well and I always something that kind of sticks out for me which I haven't really reflected on until like now is that I constantly felt like you know they always say teachers wear like a number of different hats and 
they're constantly um, performing all the time. I felt like my high school, I was kind of, I felt like I was doing something similar. Like I felt like I was almost trying to perform for my black friends who weren't necessarily, some of them who weren't necessarily into some of the stuff that I was doing. Like I was in the student council. I did like yearbook stuff. Um, but at the same time, I was from like a black community and there were people who were also into that stuff, but some of my friends were not at all. And I felt like I was consistently trying to like put on just so I like fit in with these two different groups which looking back was like kind of silly of me but it made me feel a little bit more comfortable knowing that I was like accepted um, absolutely and it it it's stressful like tr changing your dialect trying to look not smart or making sure you don't say something so you don't offend someone or trying to make it look like you're like down or whatever um as a kid, those are like, that's really hard. Really, really hard. Right. When did it start to change or did it change at all? Because that was it's middle school, right? Changed. It's definitely changed. Well, this is this is fifth grade and then, okay, so yeah, then I changed schools which, to a K-8 school. Mm-hmm. Um, K-8 Catholic school. I think, well, okay, so I had the second half of fifth grade and sixth grade in this school and it, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't great socially for me. Um, but luckily, my mother, again, my educational advocate, uh, went to bat for me and suggested or asked, or I don't really know, um, that I skip a grade. Oh, so wow. when she did that, and I didn't tell anyone. So I go back after our summer break and I'm so in the beginning of the day at our school, you know, it's California. So the weather is, is great. Every day you would line up outside by grade and listen to the national anthem and sing America the beautiful. So that day I was in the eighth grade line where all of my former classmates were in the seventh grade line. So they kept looking at me like, Marion, you're in the wrong line. And I just kept smiling no, really not. <laughs> so a lot of a lot of that, the, the tension I felt kind of left because I think it had a lot to do with that particular group of kids. Mm -hmm. Because the next group that I was with, my eighth grade cohort, they were they they saw that as a huge deal. Like that was the fact that I skipped a grade was a big deal to them. Mm -hmm. And even some of them kind of took me under their wing. So they were I had black girlfriends for the first time that wow. kind of looked out for me and you know and there were still there were still some that would try to try me but I you know I had I had some compadres so it was it was cool so I think that that helped me see that okay I can do this I, I do fit in mm -hmm. I do have social cultural value you've gone through a lot I mean we all have right yeah if you really think about it if you really think about it we've all got a story to tell mm-hmm mm -hmm. and I think did you have have you always reflect? Have you always been so like reflective, or has it just kind of come full circle as you got into education, as you were able to think back more? Like, how was how did that work out for you in regards to reflection? Oh, I think we we all. I think um, I've, I've always been that way. I think a lot of it has to do with being an only child mm -hmm. and spending time by yourself. I'm wanting to spend time by yourself, and mm -hmm. you know, talking to that imaginary friend and talking out loud and. 
hearing how your voice sounds. I mean, you know, all of that, you're always, you know, kind of playing out this perfect scene of whatever mm-hmm. with just yourself. I mean, I don't know if I'm telling on myself, but that's what I do. <laughs> no, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. I could talk to you forever. <laughs> I know, right? This is this is very therapeutic for me, Gary. Thank you. <laughs> so, within the school and um, what you're doing right now, what do you feel is um, the toughest thing for kids in school within math for kids nowadays? Um, there's this tension between old math and new math that's very real. Old math being, you know. This isn't the way I was taught math. That could come from a parent, um, an, an older relative, a teacher, you know, whoever. Versus, oh well, this is the way we do math now. And I, I don't. I think it's a false dichotomy. Mm-hmm. Math is math. Math has always been math. Um, now our understanding of math is evolving, probably. I think the difference between old math and new math, you know, just to put it in a nutshell, it's much more complicated than this, but I think there has been in the past an over-reliance on the algorithm. Mm -hmm. This is how you do it. These are the steps. This will always work. If you have this type of problem, then plug in this. If you have that type of problem, plug in this. Mm -hmm. Um, Use whatever acronym you can think of to help you remember it. And there you go. Mm-hmm. So that kind of method versus why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Is this the only way? Will this work? Um, much more open-ended questions. Mm-hmm. Um, how many ways can you do? Blah, blah, blah. For the old school type is is overkill. Sure. Why do we need to do that? Why, you know, it's just about the answer. Mm-hmm. But I think mathematics has always not been about the answer. So I sure. think for kids navigating that, that's the tough part. I can tell you for a fact that my kids are caught in the middle between me asking why for everything mm-hmm. and asking them to justify everything and then wanting them to talk about math all the time. Tell me all the different ways versus, you know, maybe someone else telling them, you know, thinking that they're helping. You know, they're not doing it in a, in a negative way, in their opinion, mm-hmm. but thinking they're helping. Oh, you don't have to do all that, honey. Just use order of operations just use PEMDAS mm-hmm. PEMDAS what's that well there's a reason that I didn't teach that because that's you know although that will work mm-hmm. that's not the only thing that will work there are a lot of things that will work and I think it wasn't until I got a math endorsement where I actually realized that all the things that I had been taught I should have been questioning because mm-hmm. I never I never questioned I never asked why it never occurred to me to ask why mm-hmm. I didn't really care yeah why why would you why does it work why is it that way (laughs) Mm -hmm. i remember my first professor um math ed professor in the program beautiful black woman with long dreads Mm -hmm. um said admitted to us all that she didn't know all of her time tables Mm -hmm. and our mouths dropped brilliant woman you know doctorate been um teaching for a while she said, I know how to get at the answer quickly, but there's a difference between being fluent with mathematics and memorizing. And mm-hmm. we, I mean, it's a subtle difference, but at the same time, it's a huge one. Mm-hmm. I think I'm the teacher that wants kids to be able to use mathematics fluently, flexibly, to figure out what they need and why and how and how it works and to be fearless in 
applying all these different methods, whether they'll work or not. Mm -hmm. Be fearless in inventing their own algorithms and seeing if they work just because. Because to me, that's the beauty of mathematics. Yeah, I think for her to say that she didn't know, like that is, that's huge. Like I think as a teacher, sometimes we forget like, it's, it's okay to be human. Like it's okay to say that we're unsure of something and it makes students feel that much more comfortable when we do that. Um, oh, yeah. Because we can't, it's impossible for us to know everything, right? Um, and it's right. okay that math or reading or writing or whatever it is um, happened to be something that we were continuing to work on. I love the idea of questioning and allowing kids to, to wonder. It's so funny, like I'm literally so far away from you, but that is the same conversation that we are having now um, within our school. Um, so I think it's good to hear. But I also continue to wonder, like, how do we continue to to keep that kind of momentum going of asking kids questions and allowing them yes. to, to come up with strategies kind of um, yes. on their on their own? I mean, thank you so much. I can't believe the time now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> we can talk about education. I know. Like and that's and that I think, honestly, that was kind of the point. I didn't want to. Um, I really wanted to get to know you. And I feel like the audience has now gotten a really good idea of like who you are as a person. Um, your education stuff is um, amazing. Um, where can people find you um, where, if they were to Thank find you. you online? Okay, well, I am a relative newbie to social media, so I only have a Twitter account. And I tweet at, at Dingle, D-I-N-G-L-E, teach, T-E-A-C-H. And I blog at Marion Dingle. Dot com. Online, on Twitter, I tend to tweet quite a bit about social justice, um, but and, and I tweet about math as well, but math usually in the context of social justice from that lens, from a critical lens, asking questions. Why do we study what we study? Who does mm -hmm. that center and who does it not? Mm -hmm. Whose stories are being told and whose, whose are still being ignored? Mm-hmm. Everyone, please go check her out. Very informational. Um, I have you on notifications, so every time you tweet something, I see it on my phone. <laughs> oh my gosh! I am honored. It's so, that. No, wow. I. It's it's. There's uh, a handful of people that I consistently, again, feel like they bring value to me. So <laughs> every time you say something, I get a notification. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Gary. I'm, I'm honored to have been asked. And I am so excited about your journey as well. You and your wife, both educators, doing your thing. I can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So, guys, until next time, thanks for joining us on another episode.